0: If you will, let's open the book of Genesis, chapter 25, Genesis chapter 25, I pray we can put out of our minds any anything other than being here. The trials that we're currently in, put that out of your mind. The trials that's coming tomorrow, the pain that's going to come tomorrow, put that out of your mind. The guilt from yesterday, put it out of your mind. The, the the big old meal you had on the ride here in the car, the message you was listening to this morning before you got here, put it out of your mind. Empty your cup and pray God will give you a word right now in the flesh. In our, in our ears today. I pray be with us. I'm I'm overexcited. I'm confident he will be. (laughs) I have high expectations. I think there might be two, maybe even three, gathered here today that God's going to comfort and speak to. My subject this morning is going to be absolute confusion to those outside of Christ. You might be able to take some good notes. You might be able to articulate what these things mean. Oh, yes, Spurgeon said this, and Gill said that, and all these old dead folks. What and all they said? But you won't be able to say it. Oh, I hear We'll see next hour, too. I hear the prayers of people. You learn a lot about somebody by the way they pray, and who they pray to, and what they pray about, and what they ask God for, what they petition Him for. They categorize it so well will give me studying mercies and, 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 and all these things. Instead of a heart that cries out to God, save me. <laughs> We're going to see some prayers this morning from two women that are barren. They couldn't have babies. There was no life in them. and God put life in them. And then they prayed to God. <laughs> and I said, I ain't going to go down and talk to Paul. You know who he is? They just changed the letter on his name. I know that, Phil. You ain't tricking me. That's Saul of Tarsus. He persecutes the church. He kills folks. He said, you go down there, Ananias. He prays. Not pretends to pray, not recites prayers, not recites Bible verses to God who wrote the verses. He prays. He cries out to me. You go hear him. You're going to walk up to that door and you're going to hesitate for a second because you've got a flesh that you live in. You go, I know the Lord told me to. He didn't really give me a timeline. I can get 15 minutes. Let me hear what this man has to say. Wait a second. You hear that man praying? That's my brother. I can tell. I can tell. He's got the same woes I do. He's got the same God I do. Isaac was the promised son. He's the one God told him, told Abraham, you're going to have a son, his name's going to be Isaac. He was the one given by God's power. It was completely unable for Sarah and Abraham to have this child. God had to do it. She was old. He was the rightful heir. He was the firstborn of the wife, the bride that was given to Abraham. Isaac was worthy. Worthy. He was obedient to God and obedient to his mommy and daddy. We'll see next hour these are all the same. Samuel was obedient to his mommy and dad. (laughs) Them young'uns had to mind. He made them, and they did. They're obedient children, the rightful heir. Well, at 40 years old, Abraham sent Eleazar to go and fetch Rebekah. And he said, the Spirit's going to go before you. You're going to know this is her because I'm going to allure her. I'm going to call her. So to this promised son, there was a promised bride. To this son that was obedient and loved and rightful and and, and made in God's power, a bride was given to him that God ordained. And she was barren. She came to know there was no life in her. Well, she was alive. She breathed the cords. She'd been in religion her whole life. She threw countless babies off those mountains. She meant it. That took some effort. God made her realize through his providence she was barren. There was no life in her. What's going to happen? Isaac prayed for his bride. This one is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ prays that life is put into his bride and that she bears fruit and they have offspring. And after the same means of His doing, but through the preaching of the gospel, those offspring have offspring. Those offspring have offspring. Do you see that? That's how it happens. It don't happen any other way. Our Lord prayed for all of us in this day. Isn't that amazing? He said, I prayed for those that shall come. My pastor preached on that this morning. (laughs) Those that's going to be. Who's that? You. Me. You that believe. You that are His. You that were barren, and then God put life in you. Christ prayed for them. He said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which Thou hast given me, for they're thine. He said, Holy Father, keep through Thine own name those whom Thou hast given me, that they may be one. One. What's a husband and father? Why do they leave their mommy and daddy's house when they get married? They're one. The two become one. (laughs) What happens to us when the Lord gives us life? We're one with Christ. He's in us. His incorruptible seed's in us. We looked at last Wednesday night. He says, Other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. There's going to be one body and one head. There's going to be one bride and there's going to be one husband. One redeemed and one redeemer. Because we're all the same. Jew or Greek, male, female, bond, free, it doesn't make a difference. We're the same in Him. We pray the same. His people do. By the word of God, life's given. He commands it. He commands salvation. Let there be light. (laughs) We see some light, don't we? Christ intercedes for His children. And that we have, His children. That we have His church, His bride. Those that are produced through your labors. The Lord's producing some, some of His children through your labors. Did you know that? God's saving some folks. Through the preaching and the furtherance of the gospel. He must do all of this. Now we're the means that He's going to use. But it's His doing. We're bearing, aren't we? It says in verse 19... And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begat Isaac. We're Looking at that for a while, ain't we? And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian, the Panoram, and the sister of Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife. He prayed to God for his wife because she was barren and the Lord was entreated of him. God heard him. God heard him. And Rebecca, his wife, conceived. Our our great Redeemer, our great husband, our great bridegroom, he intercedes for his bride. He said, Father, you hear me always. He's heard of God. (laughs) He is God. And he prays, Lord, let there be life in those that you've given me. And he gives the life. (laughs) You see that? God put life in Rebecca. He had to. She was barren. There was a time she didn't have life in her, and then there's a time she had life in her. You see that? She'd tell you, I didn't used to be pregnant. Now I'm pregnant. He put life in her. This is life she's never experienced. She's heard about these things. She's read about them in a book. She'd tell you all about it. I can tell you a whole lot about it first, second, and third trimesters and when fingernails come and all kinds of stuff, biologically, about being pregnant. I ain't never been pregnant. Do you know that? It's a bold statement every day. A man can't have babies. Nonsense. Fools. She'd never experienced this. Life was in her. You know what happens when God saves a sinner? They talk a whole lot about being saved. They talk a whole lot about being Christians. They talk a whole lot about worshiping God, and then one day they do. Something's different. And they'll tell you. They put away those idols. I wasn't saved back then under that false religion. I'm saved now because God did something. Back then, that was my doing. (laughs) I was playing church, and then he saved me underneath the preaching of the gospel. Of truth, not of a false gospel. She said, I wasn't pregnant. I got butterflies now. She's got butterflies. This is life. Physically, she'd never been mentioned in the scriptures before. Do you know that? She had twins. It was twins in Rebecca. Well, oh, what bountiful fruit comes through the bride when Christ prays for them. What bountiful fruit. It says in verse 22, and the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, you've got life in you, Rebecca. If I do, why am I thus? This man told Brother Spurgeon, I'm scared to death about being too bold and too brutal and too plain to people. Old Brother Spurgeon had a guy come up to him. He said, I have never doubted. I've never doubted. And Brother Spurgeon said, well, I've never had a doubt about you either. I've known since the moment I've met you, you're a hypocrite. <laughs> every, every one of God's preachers I know, they stand up and they say, if I'm God's man. If I'm God's man, this is what's going to happen. If he keeps me, this is what happened. Rebecca's got life in her, and she said, if it be so, if I have life in me, what's that mean? Maybe I'm going to miscarry. Maybe this is cancer. Maybe this is a devil inside of me. She didn't have Wikipedia. Did you know that? She couldn't go on YouTube and look these things up. There was no no Encyclopedia Britannica. She could go, go, they didn't have ultrasound back then. She didn't know this too. No one else could tell her. They hadn't experienced what she'd experienced. Well, you mean, I mean, yeah, they move. So, well, they're kicking on this side and it's kicking on this side. What in the world's going on? I don't know what to tell you. Maybe there's demons fighting inside of you. You know what the first thing happened to when there's life put in her? I know a little bit about this. She got sick. Yeah, morning sickness. Violently ill. Remember when God saved you if he has? What happened to you? How was sin? Was that palatable? Did you like eating sin after that? Was that a good dessert for you? You saw what you were, and you were sick. You didn't change clothes. You didn't get out of the bed. You just hugged the toilet. <laughs> Ill, sick, morning sickness. You know what? There's a term now in uh, the medical arena. To uh, We like to label everything in our society, don't we? You know what it's called? That stage when you first have life put in you, when that, in the first development of the embryo inside of a woman, it's called the quickening. <laughs> Where would they get that from? Life's given where there wasn't life before. God did something. Can you imagine those those wet nurses come to? Those wet nurses and dry nurses. We'll see that next hour. Imagine those wet nurses come. Oh, honey, you think you're in trouble now. You just wait till that baby's born. Did they know what they were talking about? Maybe they should have kept their mouth shut. Take the instruction. (laughs) Hear what I have to tell you. They didn't know what they were talking about. They had never seen twins on this globe before. You just wait. You just wait. Not so. Not so. They've been wise to keep their tongues. For the first time ever recorded in pregnancy, there was life put in her, but there was two babies. There was two babies on this one. Well, the Lord's taught us some things about Sarah. Was Sarah barren? We've seen this. Was Rebecca barren? Yep. What about Jacob's wives? Might have been one or two in there barren. What about Hannah? Was Hannah barren? A lot of barren women in the scriptures, would not it? We have to see we are unable to have life in us. God must do it. What are we going to learn next? God puts two people in us. Well, the mother one have twins. Well, hush, and you deal with what the meal served today. <laughs> he put two lives in her, didn't he? Two lives. There's an old man and a new man represented here. That's what that represents. There's the flesh and the spirit. I don't hear that often, but that is a, a phrase and common usage in my home where I dwell. I say it to you. I don't know if that's my flesh or my spirit. (laughs) I hope it was a spirit speaking to you. Boy, my flesh wants to do something. My flesh wants to just go chop somebody's ear off. Take that fisherman's knife out and cut Malchus' ear off. My flesh wants to do this. My flesh wants to do that. I have a desire for this world. There's things I want in this world. There's things that catch my eye. And I can walk around so pious and so holy acting and self-righteous and say, oh, well, I'm not, I, I'll put those sins away until a motorcycle drives by. I'm like, what, was that a Honda? <laughs> you men, you get older and you think, well, I've, I'll finally get away from these sins. I'll finally put these sins away. You go back to the sins when you was a teenager. might not happen as often, Does it happen. You want, your, you want your thoughts put up on a screen? People acting like they're so holy, they can't see straight. Makes me sick. They're lying. They probably probably don't have two men in them. They don't have two natures in them. Rebecca had two. I have a flesh and I have a spirit. And they're homogenized together, just like whole milk we get nowadays. You can't distinguish the fat from the skin. Am I that old man? Yes. Am I that new man? Yes. Which one's named Kevin? Yes. They're intertwined. They're intertwined. One's, one's accusing and the other one's excusing it. One of them is holy, without blame, unreprovable, before God in love. And the other one does nothing but sin. Paul was being, he waxed bold when he said, who are you? Who do you think you are condemning somebody if God's shed his blood for them? Well, they're doing, oh yeah, no, they're doing some stuff they ought not do. He teaches his children how quick we are to have our noses so high up in the air looking down at people, and would drown if it rained. He was waxing bold because they're both the same person. There's two people dwelling inside of those. There's a big difference between confusion and conflict. Natural man's confused. They're confu- you know what I was talking this morning? Lies on the way here. Lies are complicated, ain't they? And they don't make sense. I've said it before. People believe in infant baptism. No, you don't. You'd buy a fire truck and you'd go spray everybody walking up down the street. A man called me yesterday and, and was so kind and then chewed me at one side down the other for a couple couple minutes. I didn't get a word in edgewise. He got mad at me because I didn't go door knocking. He said, why don't you door knock? I said, as soon as God starts saving folks by door knocking, I'll knock every door in this. I've kicked a whole bunch of doors in before. I'll do it again. I said, until then, I'm going to keep preaching the gospel because that's how he saves sinners. If he saved by reading, I'd, produce a, I'd be a book producer. He got mad. I've been knocking doors for 41 years. Well, good luck casting devils out. Tell me how it works for you. I'm gonna go preach the gospel. I'm gonna do what God told me to do. Mm. The big difference in confusion, confusion's in lies. Because it don't make sense. <laughs> well, this one's bad. Okay, well, let's replace it with another bad one. They're all bad, ain't they? The truth's simple, the truth's plain. It ain't complicated. You have to have, God has to give you ears to hear and a heart to believe it, but it ain't complicated. Man's confused. He has strong delusions. He believes lies, and some of them's dumb. Little kids laugh at them. They think, what? It's deranged. It's confusion, but it ain't conflict. People may be real disappointed in, in how they live. I know I've done wrong. I got caught. You think a heroin addict don't know they probably shouldn't do heroin? Fentanyl or whatever the drug is this week, acid or something. Laws written on their hearts. They know that. They have a some 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 confusion. They're rubbed wrong a little bit, but this is conflict. Conflict. Confusions of man. Paul wrote to us, said, For God's not the author of confusion. We did that all by ourselves. Because <laughs> we got Christ our wisdom. This is man's doing. And we <clears throat> they were unaware until there's new life in them. Until, until there's new life in them. This is absolute assurance for those that have no assurance. Those that are, are not, that do have doubt. <laughs> this is good assurance. Good for them. Those that are struggling with the struggling. I hope this is comfort to you. Paul had this. Do you know that? Or, or uh, David, King David. He said, my confusion is continually before me. The shame of my faith ha- face has covered me. He knew he was confused. He knew he had sin in him for the first time. People said, there's a conflict now. He's praying to God about it. He said, in thee, uh, O Lord, do I put my trust? Let me never be put to confusion. Don't let me have little skirmishes. Don't let me have little unpleasantries in this thing inside of my life. Give me some conflict. If you are absolutely mourning over your sin, and there's no way you say... If it be, could I be alive? How in the world could I be a child of God and think what I think? How in the world could I be a child of God and do what I do or say what I say? You got two human beings in you and are fighting right now. (laughs) You didn't have that before. You didn't mourn over sin. It wasn't as disgusting to you. And then God saved you and put life in you. If you don't have that, you pray to God he puts life in you. He prays shows you, convicts you of the sin that you are. That's it, that's important, because that's what Christ came to die for. He convicts you of that and shows you what you are, and that'll shut your mouth up, and that'll drop that rudder off that boat James was talking about that turns a big old boat so easy. You'll be shut up to sin. And then you'll cry to him. You'll cry to him. There's a reason we're thus. Have you ever thought that if it be so? Oh, there's a war going on. Struggle here. It says the children struggled together in verse 22 within her. And she said, if it be so, if this really is life, why? Why am I this way? This don't make sense to me. Why don't you just make me holy and I'm just a good person from now on? I'm a good little Christian. And I don't cuss and I don't drink and I don't smoke and I don't run my people do and, and I don't say bad words or whatever. Nonsense. She said, why? Why am I thus? If it be so. But the children, those two natures in her, they struggled. Does that mean that they ward a little bit? Here's the primitive root of struggle: there, to crack in pieces, literally and figuratively, to break, to bruise, to crush, to discourage, and to oppress. You know what we do until God does a work in us? We crush and bruise and and, and oppress everybody else until He does a work in us, and then well, now the problem's on the inside. Ah. Just moan and cry out. If I, if I have life, Lord, why? Why is this like those boys on the boat? They're doing what God told them to do, wasn't they? They're going where the Lord told them. And they think they're about to drown. Why, <laughs> Why'd you bring me out here? Why'd you bring us to the desert to kill us, Lord, and starve us to death? Why am I thus? How could I think the way I think? How could I say the way I say things? Here's one of the most honest, yet assuring questions a believer asks. If it be so, if I'm yours, how can I believe so little? How can I believe so little? Unbelief wasn't a thing until you believed. Unbelief's like a eh until you believe. When God's given you eternal life, that's what that's called. That unbelief is a burden. Why don't I trust the Lord? That's the root of everything is my pride and unbelief. That's all my problems, (laughs) all my worry and everything. Lord, why can't I just trust you and believe your word? Why am I thus? Why am I thus? That's what experience is. That's the experience of a believer. I've lived it. An unbeliever will not honestly have a war, a struggle, a tearing apart, an oppression that makes you just want to hide your face from loved ones and especially hide your face from believers. Me brethren oh, I can't even look at them I can't even look at them that's a war going on what do you think Paul's talking about in Romans 7 I'll be quick I didn't get halfway through my notes that's what Romans 7 is about he said for I know that in me that is in my flesh there's a spirit in his flesh in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me I want to serve the Lord you think he did he labored more than them all didn't he what'd he say he didn't say how much he did for God He said, it's present with me to do the will of God. But to perform it, I I can't find out how. I want to do the will of God, and I don't know what it is. I don't know how to. Paul had that. Why? Do we have something in common? Could you hang out? Could you spend a weekend with that apostle? Could you spend a weekend with that great king, David? Now, if we ain't proud, could you spend a weekend hanging out with Rahab and her associates, or would we just... And wiggle, hide or pour, check my wallet's in my back pocket, and you pull your purse up close to you. Something in common between God's people and those people, isn't it? That bride's the same. Paul said, I find a law. This ain't a guidance, this ain't a theory. This ain't a hit happens 60% of the time, hit happens every time. <laughs> it's a law. When I would do good, evil's present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring, struggling, opposing, bruising against the law of my mind. Let this mind be in you, the mind of Christ, that new spirit. And bring me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members, O oh, wretched man that I am. That's the moaning of them two going at it. Who shall deliver me from this body of death? Who'd Rebecca cry to? The Lord. When this war is going on inside of Paul, who would he cry to? The Lord. Who's going to deliver me? Save, Lord. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. I hate it. And this is the breeding ground. This is where God planted his incorruptible seed. This is old dirt. This is Adam. This is red clay, isn't it? And God came with his plow. And he plows the hearts of men and women when he sees fit. And that seed's broadcasted. I don't know where he's plowed and where he ain't. My job is just to throw the seed out. Cast the net. (laughs) The gospel net. I I throw the seed. And he sees fit. The farmer that owns the land is the one that decides where a path is and where you leave them bushes or you cut them out or where I'm going to put my garden. I know where I'm putting my potatoes. Worldly, I own that ground. And I know where I'm planting potatoes here in a couple of weeks. I'm putting where I want them. Lord plows us and this body of death and its dung, good fertilizer in it. That's where He puts His incorruptible seed, and He gives life, and it grows and produces fruit. Isn't that something? Paul said, "Put on the whole armor of God." that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and against rulers of the darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness. What's the highest part of my body? In high places, my mind, inside of myself, isn't it? Would that be true if you're alone on a deserted island? If you're God's child, it is. You're at war inside of you, isn't it? Verse 22 says, And the children struggled within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. What's that mean? God did this, she went to the Lord's house, I'll tell you that. Who's still alive? You know Abraham's still alive? Abraham was he didn't die until uh, Esau and Jacob were fifteen years old. Do you know that? That's the truth. <laughs> you have to hire somebody to go study it all week, find it out. And so she could have went to Abraham. That's her father in law. Said, You're God's prophet. The kings, everybody knows that. What's wrong with me? And he's probably said, pray to God. <laughs> Lord teach you. He's going to teach his own. Well, if she went to her husband Isaac, this picture of Christ, this one so obedient, so faithful, and worship God. And every time you find him, he's next to a well, and he dug wells, and he's praying to God out in the field, communes with God, she go to her, and it's her husband. Honey, what, what's wrong with me? Ask the Lord to teach you. I could tell you, but you ain't going to hear a word I say unless God makes it effectual. Go to him. But who do you think she probably went to? I'd say she had an affection in her heart for Eleazar. That's the man the Lord used to preach the gospel to her. is that right? When If God uses an earthen vessel, you don't care about the earthen vessel. You need the water that's in it. But I tell you what, you ain't going to forget that vessel, and you ain't going to throw it away, and you ain't going to kick it, I don't care what my pastor's done. Don't you dare talk to me bad about him. We'll fight it out in the parking lot and then afterwards we can talk about it. But Don't you dare go against him. She went to the Lord. Better than all those. Better than God's prophet that's there with them. Better than her believing, loving husband and better than her pastor. God answered her. Which if they all had a lick of sense, if the Lord's worked in them, they'd say, ask the Lord. (laughs) Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Have God talk to you. I haven't experienced what you've experienced. Until that happens, you talk to the Lord. God answered Rebecca's prayer and he taught her. We ought to listen. You think we ought to? Do you think the theologians ought to listen? Do you think those in the seminaries right now that's arguing these things out ought to listen? Do you think those heretics that some people listen to and their smorgasbord of junk that they download and support and everything else they might not hear what God has to say. instead still what a man has to say about it. Verse 23, The Lord said unto her, Two nations, two nations are in your womb and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. <laughs> and the one shall be stronger than the other and the elder shall serve the younger. Two nations, two totally different cultures. Two totally different languages. They don't talk the same. Two totally different approaches to life. Two totally different ways of thinking. One's very weak and one's very strong. Those two's going to be separated from your bowels. How's that? What's that mean? Whenever I lay down and I shed this body of death, it's going to go into the dirt and it's going to go back. Worms going to eat it. Something's going to be separated from me. That new man's going to be with the Lord until he raises his body up in perfection. To be conformed to his image made like him. What's that like, Kevin? How about let's just thank God for his word? <laughs> I don't know. I'll tell you someday. God's people will tell you. Meanwhile, those two different things. Some people say they have sin, you have sin, you need to stop this. Do don't. Don't you drink that. Don't you drink this. You ought to drink this. Don't touch not, taste not, handle not. What did John say? The aged apostle. Boy, I mean, he, could you trust him? He had a life of experience, and he's, he's, he walked with the Lord, and the Lord taught him. And he said, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth's not in us. If you say there ain't an old man in you, you're lying, and you're making God a liar. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word's not in us. Now, wait, as in First John, John 1. Now, what about in 1 John 3? Did he flip script? He said, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as He is righteous. You're as holy as God. If you believe on Christ and love the brethren, He's given you a heart to love Him because He's first loved you, you're as holy as He is. But I, th- I thought you said we sin. <laughs> Yeah, both. Both. i got to get to the why. How could this be both? If you're God, as He said in 1 John 4, if you are, are of God, little children, you have overcome them. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. What's the strongest of the two, Esau or Jacob? We would all gravitate to Esau. I would. He's a deer hunter, manly man. He's a hard working. And Jacob's a mama's boy. <laughs> He's a weak little fella, and conniving. Isn't he? You stay in the house all the time. What's wrong with you? You outside, get some sun on you. He didn't. He didn't leave the coop. <laughs> I'd like Esau. Esau's bigger. He's stronger. He could have beat up Jacob. That's just our eyes judging the way this world judges it. Who who was the victor? Jacob. Why? Christ dwelt in him. Christ didn't dwell in Esau. He didn't. God hated him. He didn't dislike him partially. He hated him. (laughs) And he loved Esau. Where am I right now? I'm in the world. Where's Christ? If you're his, where's he at right now? He's on his throne. ruling, and reign and interceding. That's right. And he's in you. All right. We're in this world. I live here. I'm going to have to eat some meals today. Uh, I'm going to have to go work. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some things. I'm going to have to take a shower. I live here. I'm going to get gas. But Christ dwells in me. Both of those. God in human flesh spoke to both natures of his apostles. Did you know that? He told Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. Was Peter his? Yes, he was. His. Those at the Mount, of, or not the Mount of Transfiguration, Garden of Gethsemane. He said, you stay awake and pray with me. And he went to the Father and said, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Yet not my will, but thy will be done. And he turned around and there's a sleep. And he said, couldn't you, couldn't you pray with me an hour? He said, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. <laughs> he said, you got a spirit and you got a flesh. And he admonished them. They needed that instruction, perk up. Military, you drink water and do push-ups until you wake up. <laughs> the Lord said, you watch and pray because your spirit wants to. I know that. But your flesh can't, and it won't. And then he went and prayed again, and he come back. Guess what? He's asleep. he said, well, I'm going to do the praying for him, Just as Isaac prayed for Rebecca, wasn't it? He said, sleep on. That's all right. (laughs) Get you a nap in, buddy. Judas is coming up a hill. You're going to need to rest up some, because he did it for us, for us. John the Baptist had the Holy Ghost in the womb, the last of the Old Testament prophets. He's the only one in human flesh that saw the Spirit of God. Did you know that? He saw the Spirit descending like a dove. And he sent his disciples there towards the end when he's locked up prison and said, go see if that's Jesus or we look for another. You didn't know? You have some doubt, John? The only hope we have of, is being united with Christ. Us in Him and Him in us. And Paul told us in Colossians 1, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mysteries among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, and new creations, fighting with olden, the hope of glory. He's the strong man, isn't he? That's good news for a struggling sinner, and that's what we preach. That's what we tell people. Paul goes on in the next verse: Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect. In Christ Jesus, Lord said, There's two people in you, two nations, two manner of people that shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. Hmm. The elder is going to serve the younger. I'm going over, but I have to. This old man, this old flesh, just burn it. Do away with it, right? It's gross. Hates God and it's wretched, wretched. It's going to serve the new man. Isn't that something? Boy, does he Even in little things, did the the, the incorruptible seed of God shave my face this morning? That old man did. Did that 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 small, tiny life inside of me, the Christ that dwells in me, did it drive me to church this morning? Nope, that old man did. God made him. <laughs> Which one's stronger now? I have to serve him. If you have life in you, you don't want to go to church. You don't want the gospel. You need it. Christ is life and death. You have to have him. Well, got, you've got some important stuff going on. There's a whole lot of people in this county right now that's got something important going on. If you've got new life in you, that old man's got all kinds of important stuff going on. If you've got new life in you, this is important. ain't nothing else more important. I'm hungry. I'll eat later. (laughs) I can make it 12 hours. I'll be all right. I'll eat after service. Life and death, isn't it? That seed he gives, it lands on the good ground and it yields fruit. It springs up and it increases. And it brings forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100. But if he plants a seed, there's going to be fruit. This is a real struggle inside of Rebecca physically. She thought she's going to die. We have this war in us. And a lot of times we think, it's going to kill us. I'm going to die. I can't make it through another day. But the Lord's put two nations of people in her. The Lord's put two nations of people in you if he's been pleased to do so. That's an answer, isn't it? Why am I thus? I put two people in you. You got a new man now. You didn't have that. You've been born again. Rebecca got her answer. She understood she had peace from the word of the Lord. God spoke peace to her. I've done this. And I just couldn't get over this all week. Do you know what happened as soon as the Lord said, I've put two nations of people in you? This is my doing. <laughs> she got kicked by two natures inside of her, didn't she? Didn't go away. When's this going to be over? When we die? When's the war gonna stop when we die? Why am I thus? The Lord saw fit to do it. And it's on purpose. There's reasons. I gotta tell you why. Why are we thus? First, it's for us to continually call on the Lord Jesus Christ for mercy, for strength, for instruction, for relief. If we did not, if He didn't do it, you'd forget Him in a heartbeat. That make you uppity around, you, around your friends. If he teaches you that, it'll shut you up on it. Oh, Lord, I'd leave you. I'm prone to wonder. The only reason I'm here this morning is because you made me. I can promise you that, can't I? The only reason I'm standing here this morning is because God made me. It's his doing. If he blesses you with it, it's his doing. It ain't me. We have to call on him. We forget so quickly. Our pride would grow and grow and grow. <laughs> <Dawn> told <laughs> Don sorted somebody out one day. And he looked at Brother Scott Richardson. I think that there will take a wind out of his sails. I'll like, snuff his pride, pride break him down a peg or two. And Scott said, yeah, not for long. <laughs> That's like a weed, isn't it? That comes back quick. The hairs grow back quick, don't they? We have to struggle. So we'll inquire of the Lord how rarely we cry out. We say a bunch of prayers. We talk to the man upstairs. People do that all the time. People have prayers they say. The Lord makes us inquire of Him, beg of Him, call to Him in desperation. We have to have this struggle in us and be at war so we can have comfort that there's two inside of us. I forget so fast. I'm just miserable. And I thought, well, if I was of the world, I wouldn't be miserable. I told a man that one time. He's thinking about, He said, oh, I'm going to go to vacation in Hawaii and while I'm there, I'm going to decide if I'm going to move. I said, that's a bad place to make that decision. <laughs> It's going to be yes. He said, would you move there? And I didn't even think. And I said, well, if I was like you and didn't have a God, I'd move there. Yeah, gospel ain't there. And I, I knew him a long time. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that to you. He said, well, you didn't lie to me. I said, no, but I should have been kinder. I have two. There's an old man. I know that. I'm well acquainted with the flesh. But there's a new man in me, and I know it. They're fighting. That's comfort. That's comfort. We must go through this gestation and this labor of these warring twins. Rebecca was the first one that ever had twins. What happened next time somebody had twins in her camp? She'd go to them and say, I've had twins. I know what's going on inside of you. <laughs> Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what's going to happen. She'd give comfort to her brethren, couldn't she? Why do I have to go through this warring? So that way, if God ever is pleased to save some of you all, and you have a war going inside of you. I could say yes, yeah, how I live every day. Bombs are going off, and people's knocking at the door. Lord's got it. He did this on purpose to teach us some things, keep us calling on Him. We can comfort one another, can't we? Those younger ones coming up. I've lived it. <laughs> I've lived it today. Had a war going on. I cried out, "Lord, if I'm yours, if, if." If I'm yours, why am I thus? He said, I put two nations in you. (laughs) I'll separate them when he sees fit. Is that right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this hour. Lord, be with us. We struggle. There's a tearing apart and a warring and a bruising inside of us. All by ourselves, Lord. Thank you for that. You've done it. You've done the work. You've made us cry out to you. And you've given your word of peace, Lord. Allow us to remember that the second after when we still have this war going on. Allow us to look to Christ, our Redeemer, our great husband that prays for us. Until you're pleased in that appointed hour to remove us from this world. till we've served your purpose. Lord, there's so many times we struggle and we ask, as our Lord did, has he prayed for us? If it be possible, let this pain go away. Let this trial stop. Yet, it's not our will, but your will, Lord. I us to remember this. Thank you for the salvation you've given us. Thank you for the trials that you've seen, Lord. Thank you. Everything in your will and providence its perfect and holy and just. And forgive us for what we are. It's because of your son. Because of our great bridegroom, we ask these things. Amen. All right, brother. Probably a lot shorter next hour, so.